Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky, and I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Wednesday, October 18th, and I trust you're enjoying the blessings of the Lord. I also trust that you're making preparations to be in the Lord's house for midweek prayer service. A lot of people don't count that as anything special, but I believe it is very special, very needful, especially in this day and hour in which we live. We need to be praying for Israel and for the Palestinians as well. We need to be praying for America, our leadership and the citizenship of America. We need to be praying for our churches, the pastors and the people. We need to be praying for our homes, our families, our loved ones. Oh, yes, we need to be praying like never before. Amen. Amen. Well, let me mention just a couple of things, and then we'll go to the message. We're beginning a new sermon today that's going to be a three-day sermon entitled, You Are Invited to the Supper. And we'll be playing that throughout the rest of this week. But uh, let me mention also, we've got Radio Marathon starting up a week from today. Brother Doug Bell from Sooner Rose Baptist Church in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, going to be preaching for us on that Friday night at 7 p.m. and Sunday morning as well. All right, once again, it is time to look into the Scripture. Today's broadcast, we're beginning a sermon from Matthew chapter number 22, the Gospel of Matthew chapter number 22, and we're going to be reading the first 10 verses. Now, this is going to be broken down into a three-day sermon this is a sermon that I preached here at the Island Ford Baptist Church back some time ago on a Sunday morning. But we're going to be airing this these next three days, today and the following two days of broadcasting as well. We're looking again, as I said, Matthew 22, verses 1 through 10. And I'm preaching on this thought. You are invited to the supper. We'll see here that our Lord spoke a parable about an invitation to a supper and how this applies to you and I. We're going to be dealing with that today, so I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. All right, Matthew 22, verse number 1. The Bible says, And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables, and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed. All things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth. And he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find... Bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. 
our text that I read to you is a parable of our Lord. It actually goes down through verse number 14. I think 11 through 14 is included in it, but I want to stop here because I'm not going to deal with that one in there without the wedding garment. Not That's not part of my sermon for this morning. But uh, I'd like to look at this parable a little bit, Give a, if you'd allow me to, give an introduction to it. Uh, mention some things that are not necessarily part of my sermon, but I believe would would introduce it. First of all, let me point out that, as I said, this parable runs down through verse number 14. Uh, but the first ten verses deal with people being invited that didn't come. And then others being invited in their place. I want to preach this morning on this thought. You are invited to the supper. Amen. Amen. You are invited to the supper. Now, I'm aware that Luke contains a very similar parable to this. Some think it's the equivalent in Luke chapter number 14, verses 16 through 24. But there are so many differences. I I don't believe it's actually the same uh, same account. It shows it at a different time and different circumstances that are involved in it. So I'm not going to allude to that. Just mention that Luke does mention a very similar occasion. Uh, One thing about it that is a, a difference, I guess, interesting to me, is that Matthew calls it a dinner, Luke calls it a supper. And I've heard people argue about that, which is right, which you call it a dinner or call it a, a supper. And it looks like that it's used interchangeably in the Bible, and so that would tell me that it might be all right to interchange those two, dinner or supper. Amen. I, I'm a kind of, I like breakfast all day long, so I, I'm all right for dinner being all day long or supper being all day long. Amen. But the, the case is that it was a meal that was provided. Now, Matthew talks about a marriage. It keeps dealing with a marriage. But he's talking about the dinner being ready. And he mentions the foods that have been prepared uh, for for that meal. Now, let me, let me point out the beginning. Look at verse number 1. The Bible said, and Jesus answered. When somebody gives an answer, usually there's been a question, right? So you might look back to see what happened in chapter number 21, and you'd find, it's amazing to me how that the Bible's laid out, line upon line, precept upon precept, it's right in order, and given in the order I believe that it should be given, and in this case, in in Matthew 21, the entire chapter, we see God shutting the door to the Jews, and opening the door to the Gentiles, and God speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, saying, you've rejected me, now I'm going to reject you, and you go on down as he talks about several different things, Uh, He, first of all, comes riding in on the donkey, and he offers himself as the Messiah. But the same people that was crying, Hosanna to the Son of David, in a few days are going to be crying, crucify him. They believed he was the Messiah, but he wasn't the one they wanted. Amen. There's a lot of people believe Jesus may be a Savior, but he's not the one they want. Amen. Because he's going to deal with their sin. They don't want to deal with their sin. Amen. They want a Savior that deliver them from the effects, but not from the element. Amen. They want to be able to enjoy and go right along their way. And that's how Israel was at that time. They wanted a, a Messiah, but they didn't want the one when He came. And so they rejected Him. And then you read on down that He comes to the temple and He, and he cleanses the temple. And He tells them that not one stone is going to be left on another stone. It's going to be totally destroyed. And then He moves on and He comes to the fig tree. And the fig tree's got leaves like it ought to be bearing fruit. And the Bible says he's hungered and that, that he goes to the tree. There's no fruit there. Spurgeon said this about it. I think he's very good. He said Israel represented as the fig tree. 
All the other trees had no leaves, no religion, no relationship to God. But the Jews said, we've got a religion. We've got a relationship with God, but no fruit. When God went to inspect in the tree of Israel, there was no fruit there. So what did Jesus do? He cursed it. He cursed it. And it withered up. And they were amazed at how it withered. That was a message to the Jews. That was a message to these Pharisees. Then our Lord gives a parable in the latter part of chapter number 21. And He gives that parable in verse number 20 or 33. He says, here another parable. And He talks about a certain householder that built a vineyard or planted a vineyard. And how that He hedged about it and digged about it. And did all those things that ought to be. And then how that when He, he rented it out to husbandmen. And then when they He went to get something, they didn't respect Him. And they didn't give him what was his. He said, I'll send my my son. And eventually they killed the son. What is that? That is a parable of exactly what God the Father had done with the nation of Israel. He had sent them, his servants, one by one, the prophets. They had killed them. They had mistreated them. And then God sent them his son. What are they going to do? They're going to crucify the very son of God. Jesus has given them those parables. And so it ends up, look at the last two verses of... This chapter, chapter 21. And when the chief priests and Pharisees had heard his parables, they perceived that he spake of them. You know what they did? They looked around and they said, I think he's talking about me. And he was. Amen. I, I'll just say this morning, if you feel like I'm preaching to you, I am. Amen. It, and it's, by the way, it's not me so much as it is that the Holy Ghost can zero in the message exactly where it needs to be. But they perceive that He spoke of them. Look at the next verse, verse 46. But when they sought to lay hands on Him, not to make Him king, not to exalt Him, not to praise Him, but they were going to kill Him. They feared the multitude because they took Him for a prophet. And Jesus answered. So here's the point that I want to make about that. Uh, by the way of introduction, is that Jesus is not speaking in answer to a question. They had no questions. They understood fully who He was and who He was talking to. They didn't have a question. He answered not in response to their question, but in response to their attitude and response to their actions. Amen. Jesus knew their heart. I don't see that there's not a word recorded. They... I don't know if they spoke among themselves, if they talked to one another and said, we gotta get this guy, let's make a, let, let's make a pact and let's make a plan and let's get this guy. I don't know if they spoke that or not, but our Lord knew their heart. And listen to me, sitting in your pew or riding down the road, listening to the radio, God knows your heart. He knows the questions. He knows the doubts. He knows the disbelief. Amen. He knows the rejection or He knows the searching. That's in the heart. And can I say to you, you are invited. Amen. You are invited to the supper. Amen. So he gives this parable in answer to that. In answer, what's he saying? He said he's going to invite some. And if they don't come, he'll invite somebody else. Amen. That's what this parable in a nutshell has to say. Now, as as I'm going down through here, I I think about this. Uh, Jesus knows all about those questions even that are not voiced. And He has the answer to it. Amen. So I say to you, trust Him. Tell Him. 
Amen. He can have the answer to your need. Amen. Now, the context of this parable is to offer Jesus as the Messiah. And then the rejection of the Jews, the rejection of Him by the Jews, thenceforth the rejection of the Jews by Him, the judgment upon the nation of Israel, amen, that followed their refusal to have this man rule over Him. But notice, I've got five points in my message today. By the way, Brother Steve will like that. I've got five points in my message today. It's an inside joke. But number one, I want you to listen to this. I want you to think about it. I want to talk about the initiation of grace. Verses 1 through 3. Or verses 2 through 4. I've already looked at verse 1. Look at verse 2, 3 and 4. The kingdom of heaven, this is the parable. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son. And by the way, I mentioned as we've been preaching on the gospels, the four gospels on Sunday nights, talking about the difference and the comparison of them. Matthew talks more about the king. Here's the king in this parable again. Amen. A certain, he said, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bid unto the wedding and they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants saying, tell them which are bidden, behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. Amen. There's the initiation of grace. We have no problem understanding who the king is symbolized here. The symbolism of this parable, the king, no doubt, is God. His son is Jesus. The marriage is talking about salvation. Amen. There's no question. We understand that very clear. And Jesus makes it clear that everything for the marriage has been provided. Amen. Everything for the marriage has been provided. Just waiting on somebody to come. Just waiting on those who are bidden to come to the marriage. Amen. God has provided. The king has provided it all. Amen. God has provided everything that is needful for the salvation of men, women, boys, and girls. Amen. God made provision. God provided Himself a lamb. God made it possible. Amen. Then God sends out the invitation. That's grace. Amen. I especially like the part in verse number 4 that states that the sacrifice has been killed and all things are ready. Amen. He talks about the oxen and the fatlings are killed. Amen. I, I believe those were the, that's part of the meal. Uh, that would be like the turkey on Thanksgiving Day or the ham on Thanksgiving or Christmas. They, they've got a, they've got oxen and they've got fatlings, but also the oxen and fatlings are known for a sacrifice. Listen, for the marriage of the lamb, a sacrifice had to be slain. Thank God that's been taken care of. God has provided those things. Amen. And all things are now ready. All that's left is for people to respond and come to the marriage. That's the last words of verse number 4. All things are ready. Come to the marriage. Now God knows that all people everywhere need salvation. Amen. He's already way ahead of us. He's provided that salvation. Amen. The missionary Wednesday night was talking about the millions in Japan. 
how crowded they are and how very little gospel message has gone across the little nation of Japan and how that they are in such need. One of the, one of the neediest mission fields, uh, you say the Japanese and, and the Muslims, probably the two neediest fields, uh, perhaps that are in our world today. But God's already made provision. Japanese people don't need something that American people don't need. They need the same gospel. They need the same provision. And God's made that provision.